0: What's your daily process, and what are your non negotiables that you'll stick to so that you're not kind of chasing every shiny object that comes your way? I was so afraid honestly, afraid of hitting a sophomore slump, a second season slump, that I was going to go do exactly what got me to be that first round draft pick. And in my heading into my ninth season, I broke a toe training in the sand with the college guys, and the Bill's like, what the heck are you doing? It's time to calm down. I said, no, no, no. I'm always going to do what got me to that point. So...
1: Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and every week you figure this out. We're bringing you an athlete, entertainer, celebrity, business owner, somebody taking it to the next level in their life because of their choice every day to connect to that burn that lies inside of them. It's that burn that ignites why and purpose that then causes you to take the necessary action to get to the next level. Today's guest is not a new guest to The Burn. He's a repeat guest, and today we are in his basement, in his home. Eric Wood, welcome back to the show.
0: Man, it's an honor to be a repeat guest on The Burn.
1: Well, we may get you three times, four
0: times, five times. We always
1: cut up and have such a good time, from workouts together to conversations together to really what I, I would say has really become an iron sharpens iron relationship. And when I thought about this year's draft... I thought, man, we have got to get Eric Wood back on the show. So this worked out perfectly for us to be able to have our time here today in Louisville. What an amazing day it's been, representing Punched Energy with TV and spending time with the Louisville football program. But specifically for today's episode, I want to go back to the draft. And one of the things I'd love to do through this conversation is to make the correlation because only so many people get drafted into the NFL. Very few hear their name called on that day one, like you did. Yet so much of the preparation and a lifetime of commitment that goes into becoming a first-rounder is the same as somebody who goes to compete at a high level in the business world. So let's maybe start with just a reconnection for those who haven't seen the initial episode with you, which really talked about your football career and now what you've done and adversity that you face. Take us back to the burn that has really caused you to show up in life to compete at that highest level?
0: Yeah, so for me, it's a couple things. One, it's not wasting the gifts God has given me, and he's put me on this journey. In the previous episode, I talked a lot about my career ending, a career-ending neck injury that hit me out of nowhere. Year nine, I signed a contract extension before the season. I'm the only player on the team to play every single snap that year, and then, boom, my career's over, get an exit physical, think I'm going to the Pro Bowl, and then my career is over. And so for me... It was, what do I do with these gifts that God has given me to not say that that was the best chapter of my life. The next chapter is going to be the best. And you know what? If that means I'm the best dad to Grace and Garrett, if that means I'm the best husband to Leslie, that's fine. But I also think God has some bigger things in store for me. And so for me, that is a burn I connect with. And I also was, I had a brother that was born with severe cerebral palsy. He never walked, talked, or breathed on his own. And so a lot of what I do is trying to live a legacy That that will honor him. And now in Buffalo, there is the Evan Wood Fund. It was the Eric Wood Foundation. Now it's the Evan Wood Fund under Ochoa Children's Hospital in Buffalo. And so now forever, Evan's name will live on in Buffalo, and it will benefit families and children um, that are suffering from either severe illness or disability all through the western New York area.
1: And, you know, what's, what's incredible about that legacy piece for you, Really goes all the way back to how Buffalo accepted you, right, yeah. as a player and how you committed to that organization. Because something like that doesn't happen if you didn't put in the work for them to say, we're going to honor Eric Wood's family and honor Evan, yeah. honor his legacy. That's incredible. And I've been there with you. Right? right. We got to go, I don't even know what we would call that game that we went to, the great Blizzard game. I mean, we're literally watching pregame warmups on the field. I mean, that was one of the colder damn nights I've ever, you know, been a part of. And, you know, I see my guy Matt Jones running out, freezing his butt off. I see my guy Matt Hawk kicking... P- I mean, I'm just like, how is a football game going to be played in this weather? It w- that was an unbelievable night. But what I got to see that night was how people embraced you in the broadcast booth. Mm-hmm. How people embraced you on the field. How fans embraced you in the tailgate area. And all of that happened as a result of you choosing, and I think this is what's unique, to continue to do the work after you were the 28th pick in the first round of the 2009 draft. And so let's go back there because I think that's what everybody sees, right? So many people see the recent. They see the Pro Bowls being a captain, a nine-year career that was cut short, right, far too soon. Take us back to what was it like Hearing, hearing your name on day one, which for so many guys happened yesterday.
0: You know what? It, it was absolutely incredible because it became a vision of mine. It became a goal of mine. Early on in college, I had one scholarship offer to the University of Louisville. So my one goal at the University of Louisville was to give them a return on investment. Hey, you invested in me, so I'm going to invest my time and talent and effort to this university, and I leave is now a Hall of Famer at the University of Louisville. So that was step one, was to go put my best foot forward in college. And there's so many people in college nowadays that have this tough road of trying to navigate. Do I transfer? Will I get more NIL money? Well, I was just lucky mm. enough. I didn't have to worry about any of that. I went to the University of Louisville and just worked my tail off and ended up becoming a first-round draft pick. But when I was a freshman in college, I made the freshman All-American team. And at that point in my life, my goal... Coming into college was one day to be on the Bengals practice squad. I'm originally from Cincinnati, so I grew up a big Bengals fan. Was one day, if I made the Bengals practice squad, then you make 90 grand. If I got a job in the offseason, <laughs> I can make over $100,000. So to me, that was, oh, my gosh, I can make over $100,000. And I don't shake my fist at that now. That's, that's still a good living. But my goals all changed when I received this letter that came with the award. And it said, X amount of freshman All-Americans get drafted. This is how many are first, second, third-round draft picks. In that same year, Nick Mangold was a center, and he was one of the best centers in the draft. become a buddy of mine now. He was a first-round draft pick, and I said, oh, shoot, centers? The top center can be a first-round draft pick? Are you kidding me? Okay, that's my new goal. That's what I want to become. Mm. And so I remember talking with different agents, and they'd say, you know, we see you as a mid-round pick. And I said, well, I see myself as a first-round draft pick. And they said, well, you got a long way to go. You know, your college team isn't that great. You know, my junior and senior year, we really fell off. And I said, I don't care. I'm going to be a first-round draft pick. So I became obsessed with what they looked like, what they did. I tried to learn from them. I studied film of them, Uh, you know, guys that were getting drafted highest at my position see what they do and so for all that to come together on draft day and and to finally obtain that dream of mine that I was not in the green room that was only when they sent a few guys there and luckily because I would have been a nervous wreck sitting through (laughs) 27 picks and not being called and thinking I might be that guy that's still sitting around on the next day I would have been a nervous wreck I'll be dead honest (laughs) with you but to hear your name called and for it all to come together was, was so incredibly special. To be able to have that moment with friends and family and then the next day fly up to Buffalo and do the introductory press conference and hold up that number one jersey that you saw it hanging in my office upstairs, to have that moment was absolutely incredible. But then your goals change. You know, that, that's fine. And, and, and we talk about it all the time. Are you seduced by that success? Are you going to then shut it down? Or, are, or am I going to take the same goals that I held at the University of Louisville when they gave me my one scholarship offer? Okay, now this Bills organization made me a first-round draft pick. What am I going to do with it from this point forward? So that, that though, is a choice.
1: Yes. Because you could probably, in a nine-year NFL career, and then you could go over multiple rosters beyond just the... But the stories of players who got drafted in the first round that did not make it, second round, third round, four. the guys who were selected, we expect you to do something and they, because they didn't choose that mindset. So that, that was a choice. Right. Uh, one thing I, I want to highlight for everybody before we move forward, you know, so many times people say to me, like, what is my burn? I don't know what my burn is. So Eric has some of those deep emotional adversity-driven burns, right, from watching what his brother endured, right, to his connection with god now his family but what i also heard your short-term burn was i will be a number one draft pick and so you can have a short-term goal that becomes a burn because remember the burn is what ignites the why and the purpose to drive action and that's what it did for you which i think is powerful i wanted to highlight that because we get emails and dms and people saying, i don't know what my burn is well then have a short-term goal But then, if you pay attention to what Eric said, you reset it. You said, okay, now what's next? Mm -hmm. And I know that what's next mentality is everything to you, right?
0: Yeah, and I'll say this real quick on on the short-term and long-term burn because you hit the nail on the head, because I'll often encourage guys, whether they're in college or whether they're a businessman, man, make the background of your phone. I know how long you're looking at your phone each day. Make the background of your phone something that is is going to ignite you. And sometimes that's a short-term goal. Heck, it might be a Rolex that you want to buy, and that's the goal that you're going to... When you have this many sales, that's what I'm going to get. Okay, that might be your short-term burn, your short-term goal. But as I would run sprints in college, I would always say this before a conditioning session. Your brother didn't even have a chance to walk. How are Mm. you going to complain about running? I don't care how hot it is, how cold it is. Like Your brother couldn't even walk. And you're going to sit here and complain about running? You get to run. You don't have to run today. You get the opportunity to run, to wear the Louisville Cardinal uniform. You get to do that. Well, then I have a little different mindset heading into that workout. Mm. And I had Joe Ken, my old strength coach on my podcast, and he talked about I broke a long-time strength and conditioning record that he had. He, he was the only strength coach to ever win uh, national strength coach of your college and NFL. Terrell Suggs held it prior, and it, you basically just got to be an absolute sicko to want to push yourself through <laughs> these two-minute all-out sprints, a series of two-minute all-out sprints to see who could go the furthest and push themselves the longest. Well, I credit that, not by me. That was just a burn inside of me. I and mean, some God-given ability, but a burn inside of me saying – how am I going to sit here and complain and fold when my brother couldn't walk?
1: So that, that burn, college, gets you to being a first-round draft pick, just like we saw 32 guys last night. What was it like when you went into that Bills facility for the first time? <clears throat> and what I'd love for you to address it's the business component of the NFL. You know, I, I've been blessed to work with players now since 2013 and, and guys that have gone on to do extraordinary things and watching them work and having a my... But one thing I've learned from my work in the league, it's a business. It is. And so I think so many people who are listening are going, well, I, didn't, I wasn't drafted in the first round. Like, how does this apply to me? So talk to us about the business side and how you had to approach things like a business owner. When you walked into that facility in Buffalo
0: yeah' it's, the NFL's absolutely cutthroat it's NFL stands for not for long and it's a and it's a business of what have you done for me lately they don't care what you did a year ago they don't care oftentimes what you did a few games ago and so if you're ever worth more money cut than you are on the team that's a good thing for you personally you know these guys that sign these <laughs> real long contracts that, that are backloaded money wise cool, be careful because that team is going to get rid of you the second they can. And you have to understand that. But you can also increase your value by making yourself a valuable asset of the team. Are you a captain? Are you one of the guys that they're looking around each and every day saying, man, I want everybody in my building to look like that, to act like that, to conduct themselves in that way. And then you often see those guys stick around a lot longer. But one thing you have to understand as an NFL player is you're truly an independent contractor. You are your own business owner, like you said, and you should have a team around you like you have a team with Tyler and Anna and all those on your team, you got to have a team as well. Who's in your corners it your agent, your financial advisor that's helping you make financial decisions. Do you have a nutritionist on the side? All those people are a part of Eric Wood Enterprises, or whoever it may be, and you truly have to understand the business side of things. And then, you know, you often get to the NFL and wish you had a finance degree because now you're trying to manage money, especially as a first-round draft pick or as you play a little bit longer, you know, realizing you need to manage this money this this opportunity to have generational wealth if I'm a good steward of this money. But we used to have this rule, the Louis luggage rule, and, and, it, and, it, and it's and it's and it's I've came,
1: seen it at training camps. So
0: so I always said if a rookie that was drafted in the third round or later shows up on her first road trip with a full Louis luggage set, he'll be broke, and it never failed. It never failed. It generally meant that their mind was on the wrong things. They're they're putting the cart before the horse. They're going out and spending the money before they. Truly made it, and that's probably a sign of personality and, and characteristics that are going to kind of lead them to that point. And and and, and it's not and that's hard. really for everybody. That's not just no, no doubt about it. Are you are you the businessman out there? Are you the, uh, the 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 salesman, saleswoman that got their first big check and then went and bought a real nice SUV when you could have kept driving your Camry around for a little bit longer, but you went and burnt it? Different, no pun intended, on the burn. Yeah, then. <laughs> then you're probably going to have financial troubles because you're not willing to delay that pleasure long enough. So people get
1: distracted by so many things these days. How did you limit those distractions? Because there's a huge responsibility that comes. You're drafted in the first round. It's not, ah, we'll just see how it... Like, there's a responsibility. Like, they want you taking ownership. They're expecting a lot of you. So there's expectation. Then there's money. Then there's endorsement deals. Then there's learning to deal with an agent. Do I get a nutritionist? Do I not? What are the decisions I make? How did you deal with all these distractions to keep your focus?
0: you got to be really in tune with your goals. Like, is your goal to be this social media brand? You know, Tom Brady's become this huge social media brand of late, but he didn't start that way. He said, you know, man, I won five Super Bowls before I did TB12. You know, that came with success. So what are your goals? My goal was to earn a second contract early on. So each and every day, I wasn't distracted by things that didn't align with those specific goals. I think having a foundation and values helps eliminate some of those distractions. Playing in Buffalo helps eliminate a lot of distractions. People Mm. think playing in Buffalo is a curse because maybe there isn't the nightlife of a Miami or a New York City. I see that as a blessing. You know, I I came into the NFL with my college sweetheart who's now my wife who we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this month. You know what? There wasn't as many distractions and that's perfectly fine by me. And so creating a bubble for yourself. I'll say create a bubble. Create a team around you and maybe it's your wife who's handling tickets or maybe you have to hire someone that can truly have your back in those moments but you need to isolate yourself and you have to be selfish with your time. You have a small window to do great things in the NFL, in pro sports, in business, and you don't know how long that opportunity is going to last. So creating a bubble that you can operate in and to make those decisions easy, similar to when you're doing 75 hard, and you know what? Alcohol isn't even an option for you, so you don't even have to think about it. That's right. Okay, and so is getting in workouts. You don't even have to think about those things. That's where a program like that can be so valuable. What's your daily process, and what are your non-negotiables that you'll stick to so that you're not – kind of chasing every shiny object that comes your way.
1: Final question. These players get drafted. They take your advice. They actually focus. And individuals in business, they're taking your advice. They put the team in place. Then they start to have the success. You mentioned it earlier. We have so many conversations about not being seduced by success. We also have a lot of conversations around, you can tell me how great you want to be, but your action tells the real story. For you to take all the weight off that you did, right? Like, even after playing the game, you believe in taking action. Do me a favor. Look into the camera at those individuals that are drafted first round, second round, all the way through seventh. To those guys who are going to be drafted today, right? When they they watch this. To Saturday. Those individuals. And the undrafted not being seduced by success, mm. what, what does it take to make it long-term?
0: So I'll say this, and I got some great advice early on in my career. I was heading into rookie minicamp, and I texted a, a friend of mine who was a longtime NFL offensive lineman, and I said, what advice would you have for me? He entered the league as a third-round draft pick. He said, when you get to rookie minicamp, watch how hard the undrafted guys work, and you better outwork them, because I know you would have at the University of Louisville. So you better still outwork those undrafted guys. Outwork everybody. And no matter what profession you're in, but especially in pro sports, if you're constantly outworking everybody, especially those that maybe haven't got the draft status, if you're outworking them, that's a great sign. Find people in the organization. Find other players in the organization and model their behaviors if they're where you want to be. I'm so big on surrounding yourself with the right types of people. Go chase those people, and you will find success. Chase what they do on a day-to-day basis. And then one thing, you hear about this second-year slump in the NFL. So, so your rookie year is a long year because you go straight from bowl season to the senior bowl to, or whatever you played in to the combine, to the draft, to OTAs and and mini camps and then you get a month off and now it's training camp and you have the longest season of your life. I will say this. That year, rookies may hit a rookie wall, but it's not that year. It's that sophomore slump, and you know why? They forget what they did to get to that point. Mm. And I made a point. I bought a house in Louisville during my rookie season in the NFL, and I went back and trained with the college guys. Now, I did a Joe Theismann leg break my rookie year, and I still went back and trained with the college guys because I was so afraid, honestly afraid, of hitting a sophomore slump, a second season slump, that – I was gonna go do exactly what got me to be that first round draft pick. And in my heading into my ninth season, I broke a toe training in the sand with the college guys, and the Bill's were like, what the heck are you doing? It's time to calm down. I said, no, no, no. I'm always going to do what got me to that point. So do not leave your college and all that work that you put in every summer and think, you know what, now I made it. Now it's time to travel and have fun and completely let loose. There is a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. I don't live my life as a robot, and I respect dudes that have a lot more discipline than me like Ben. But understand, what got you there is going to be what keeps you there.
1: I appreciate you so much, brother. It's it's your relationship with God. It's the way that you honor your family every day, the way that you honor your brother, and the way that you stay connected to your burn and continue to attack your best in life. I'm going to ask everybody to do me a favor. You know, everybody these days is connected to that young athlete, right? She wants to make it in the WNBA. She wants to make it as a gymnast. She wants to make it to the Olympics. He wants to make it to the NFL. He wants to make it in Major League Baseball. That family member, that friend, your child that is trying to find and understand the mindset of what it takes to compete here, please make sure they watch this episode. Please make sure they watch this episode and then watch it again and watch it again and understand the mindset because it's their choice. It was your choice once you got drafted to keep attacking. It's still your choice to keep attacking life the way that you do. And this is just a little foreshadow. I'm not going to say anything. There's some really cool stuff going on in your world that uh, we'll find out about really soon. But share this episode with somebody that needs it. And then maybe that business professional who's been been seduced by success, share it with them. Because this is a message not just for the individuals who are getting drafted, just got drafted, and going into the NFL, but people in all walks of life. Brother, I love you. I appreciate you. And uh, you're welcome on the burn anytime.
0: Love you too, man. Truly appreciate you, the impact you've had on me and so many others. Keep doing your thing, brother. Keep impacting one day at a time.